Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for joining us on Easy's Community Focus, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. We've got public schools set to reopen this week, and we're just a week away from the first day of school at Miami-Dade College. Now, the school has some new degrees, some special scholarship programs, and of course, we are all wondering what's going to be with COVID-19 regulations. So it is an absolute pleasure to welcome the president of the Miami-Dade College Wolfson campus, Dr. Beatrice Gonzalez. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Ellen. It's my pleasure. You have an awful lot to handle, even with just one campus. You have literally hundreds of academic programs, including associates, bachelor's, and certificate programs, six, eight, 10, 12, and 14-week mini-terms, 16-week full-terms, weekend classes. And on top of all that, I understand you have two new degrees from the School of Health sciences. So first of all, how do you handle all of that? (laughs) Well, I have to really compliment the teams that we have here at Miami-Dade College overall and the Wolfson campus. Super dedicated, kind, student-focused people that will do anything they can to assist people who want to get back in school, earn a credential, earn a degree. So I have to really thank the team for all of that. Now, when you say want to get back in school, is there a percentage of who's coming to you straight from high school and who are adults returning? Yes, most of our students are traditional high school students, but we also have a great proportion of people who are coming back to get a degree. But as well, we also have folks who are coming back for a shorter credential. We have what's called college credit certificates that one could complete in as short as about 12 weeks or even eight weeks. And that might be a person who already has a college degree, but they might be pivoting to another area in their profession or trying something completely new. You know, this pandemic has led people to really reevaluate what they're doing with their lives. And so we're seeing a lot of people who want to shift focus. And for that, they're trying to acquire some additional skills. And so we have that too, whether you just need something real quick that helps you boost some skills to something more in depth, a traditional degree. And along with, of course, the pandemic and all the changes that came with that, you're continuing to provide both online classes and hybrid classes where people can attend in person and virtually. That's true. We have traditional face-to-face classes that will be offered in the fall in person, but we also have classes that are fully online that are asynchronous, so not necessarily at one given time. You work on it at your own pace, but we also have online classes, virtual classes that will be synchronous, so you meet at the same time, you know, same day, and see your professor and fellow classmates. And then there are some classes where you come in person some of the time, and then you work on your own some of the time. So there are really lots of options that help people select what they feel the most comfortable with in terms of being with others or just fit their lifestyle better. You know, they may be working, they may be parents, so they might need that flexibility of not always coming to a campus. Let me ask you, these two new degrees from the School of Health Sciences, what are they and was this prompted because of the pandemic? I wouldn't 
say it was prompted because of the pandemic, partly because it takes a while to put together a degree program and all kinds of approvals and accrediting bodies that we want to make sure we satisfy before we launch a degree program. But it's certain, certainly there are programs that are in high demand, and that's what we look for. What is it that our community needs? What are the types of jobs that we could provide a curriculum for that someone can get hired right away and they aren't underemployed after they finish a degree with us. So the two programs that we're launching in health sciences, we have them at two different levels. One is an associate's degree, so something one could complete in two years or less, and that is in surgical technology. And then we have a bachelor's degree in medical lab science. And there's lots of openings these days, as you know, in the health field, as in many areas right now. And so we think that these are degrees that will really help people fill a vital need that we have here in South Florida and really across the country. Yeah, I've got to believe there are a lot of people who are more interested in something like medical lab science now than ever with all of the research that went into creating the COVID vaccine that a lot of people thought, wow, that's really interesting and maybe I can contribute. And you must have to bring degrees or programs in and out as, like you said, there's a demand for it. Yes, that happens. Sometimes we sunset programs because we see that students really will not be able to be employed. It might be a profession that is slowing down in its growth. So we're constantly looking at that mix of programs that really suits everybody, people who want to get right to work in some very relevant fields. And then there's people who still want a more traditional path where they're going to more the liberal arts route. And so we provide those degrees as well for people. And I want to add, especially since we happen to be talking about health sciences, which tend to be very technical. I came back to South Florida a couple of years ago and joined Miami-Dade College, and I was just blown away by the facilities and tools that we have here. I think sometimes folks might think, oh, it's a community college. It won't have all the resources that a four-year institution has, and I really want to dispel that myth, but I would think we sometimes even have even better sorts of facilities and tools because we're so tied to workforce. And so we make everything super relevant, super current, so that our students are using the same sorts of equipment, same sorts of tools that they will use as soon as they get out in the workforce. And so often employers say, well, I've just hired this person and now I've got to spend several weeks training them because they're really not up to speed on our protocols, the tools we're using. And we find that our students don't have that problem. They are ready to go when they get hired because of the sort of facilities we're able to offer. Well, when you talk about programs for people who are looking for specific job-related classes, it doesn't get more relevant than a degree for entrepreneurs. And also, I'm so amused by this, but it's a huge moneymaker now, how to run a food truck as a course. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, And the entrepreneurship programs are great because there's like many of our degrees, it's one of those areas where we create what's called stackable credentials. So someone might want something that maybe they only have maybe a few weeks to complete, they need to retool, and that's going back to those college credit certificates. But the college credit certificate then feeds into an associate's degree, and that associate's degree feeds into the bachelor's degree for supervision and management. So you never lose time, waste time. Everything is building on what you've already learned before. So that's really a very smart aspect of how we build our programming. And we also 
have something called the Idea Center that supports entrepreneurs. And those are sometimes for credit programs, but not for credit programs. It's a place where people can practice their pitches if they're starting a, a new business and they get feedback from the community and from professors and program managers. So uh, entrepreneurs really get a lot of support here at Miami-Dade College. And yes, you mentioned the food truck enterprise program. That's really neat. It's a partnership with Miami-Dade College, Bright Lines, and Neighbors and Neighbors Association. So for that program, we are giving preference to Overtown residents, but anyone can apply. It's 14 weeks long, and we prepare students in some of the basic things that they need to know in terms of health and safety, but also the actual culinary pieces, the pieces about running a business. And at the end of this program, students will compete before a set of judges in terms of the product they produce, in terms of their business management, and three students will be selected as winners. Those three students get inventory for their truck. They get their licenses paid, and they're even going to get parking spaces at the Miami Central train station where they can run their food truck. Uh, So it's really a wonderful, isn't that great? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. You know, there's so much talk lately about equity and access for students who may come from a poor family. And you are so committed at Miami-Dade College to enhancing the equity and access. You have a number of scholarship programs and financial assistance to support people. Can you talk about some of those? Sure. And first, I would say that if anyone is thinking, I can't retool, I can't go get a degree, it's going to be too expensive, please, please think again. That shouldn't be the thing that holds you back. To begin with, the tuition at Miami-Dade College, I don't think can be beat in this area. It's very affordable, but let's say you cannot afford it. We have state grants, federal grants, Miami-Dade College grants, and then we have many totally free program. So for example, you were mentioning our commitment to the community. Uh, We just launched our Rising Black Scholars program for graduating high school students. Those students will come tuition-free they get other supports, such as a laptop and they're assigned mentors. So that's a terrific program. We also are just launching our Presidential Scholars Program for high school students with a 3.5 GPA, and that will be completely tuition-free. We also have the Honors College for students with a 3.7 GPA, completely free, two years also. So there are many, many programs to help people access education. And so I hope if any message is heard this morning, it is that, that don't let the fear that you can't afford it get in the way. Reach out, call us. There's a way we can help get you the resources you need. What is the best place or phone number to reach out to to get the information and the guidance to put together the paperwork to get those scholarships? So first I'll give you our website, www.mdc.edu. And then the best phone number is 305 237 There's so much more to being in college for the first time. Now you've got a program called Fast Track Sharks. How do you help your incoming freshmen? Well, we try to provide a bridge in the summer for students to take a couple of classes, get their feet wet, also tie that with a class that is a success skills type class in terms of studying, being organized. And most colleges and universities have something like that, but I think we really are very intentional about putting students, if they're brand new, with really great faculty who can help onboard students and just get them that nice launch. You know how they say, well, begun is half done. So I think 
coming into school, knowing you belong, knowing that there are people to help you is really useful. Wonderful. I know I have to bring this up. COVID-19, you know, we're seeing a surge in cases and Florida has the highest number in the country. What are you doing to keep people safe and how are you accommodating individuals' needs, depending what they are, whether they want to wear masks, don't want to wear masks, want to work from home, et cetera, et cetera? We continue to encourage folks to be vaccinated. Our North Campus location remains operational seven days a week for those who would like to be vaccinated from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. At the North Campus, we also offer testing, and really we're very proud that that site has administered more than 350,000 vaccinations to date. And so we're trying to support the community that way. We've also partnered with the county to have pop-up vaccination sites at our campuses, and we'll continue to do that in the future. Our students, the themselves are being proactive about this and they are starting a get the shot campaign on social media to speak with their fellow students. We have hand sanitizing stations throughout the campuses. Just about anywhere you go, you'll see those stations coming in and out of rooms. Very convenient. All sorts of wipe stations so you can wipe any area that you're going to be in. We have enhanced cleaning protocols. So if you were to come to campus, you would see all day long, there are people cleaning the elevators, the escalators, handrails, just great attention to keeping things clean. We are wearing our face coverings inside buildings uh, as another layer of protection. We are monitoring our ventilation and air conditioning systems and changing out those filters regularly and according to industry standards for those things. So we really are working very hard to maintain a sense of vigilance and to encourage people to do whatever they can personally to keep us all safe. You have weekend classes and orientations coming up before the 23rd, which is the first day of school. And there are still days along the calendar that if someone doesn't start on the 23rd, they can still register and sign up for classes beyond that. Absolutely. We can typically still accommodate a student that first week of school to that week of the 23rd, but we also have many terms smaller terms that are occurring in the fall that will begin four weeks later. So if you can't get in on August 23rd, there's still opportunity to begin school after that. And your website is so comprehensive. So I will, again, direct listeners to mdc.edu for Miami-Dade College and just search. You go under academics, all the programs will come up. And if you want information, you have questions, you need help with filling out either applications or forms for scholarships. The number again is 305-237-3300. It is an absolute pleasure to talk to you, Dr. Beatrice Gonzalez, president of the Miami-Dade College Wolfson campus. Let's stay in touch as you have new programs, new events going on. I would love to talk to you again and share it with our audience. Thank you, Ellen. That would be great. Thank you. For our next segment of Easy's Community Focus, this may surprise you as something that has become an issue. Illegal dumping has become a big concern in Miami-Dade County. To tell us what it is and why it's a problem, I am happy to welcome Frank Calderon, Communications Manager at the Miami-Dade County Solid Waste Management Department. Frank, how are you? And thank you for being here. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here. There's this issue of illegal dumping. What is it? Can you explain? And why is it such a problem in the county? Well, illegal dumping is basically when people take, it's a little bit more 
involved than litter, at least as we define it. Litter is just basically somebody throwing a fast food bag out of their car or throwing a gum wrapper on the ground or something like that. But this is uh, a bit more involved. This is uh, people going and they usually sneak around as we've uh, we've caught them on camera. You see them trying to sneak around, make sure nobody's looking, and they'll dump a uh, couch or construction debris you know, like lumber and stuff like that out on the side of the road somewhere or in front of somebody's house that they think is an abandoned property or something like that. And it's a big problem here in Miami County. Unfortunately, the fact just that we see it is just bad enough, but we see it in many places. And um, I'm beginning to read that it's not just a problem here in Miami County, it's a problem uh, in different places in the country as well. What is the danger other than the aesthetic? What's the danger of the illegal dumping? Obviously, yes, the aesthetics is a big problem, but as far as dangers or as far as uh, concerns, it attracts vermin, you know, rats and mice and, and roaches and things like that can be attracted to it. And near somebody's house, guess where those vermin are going to head off to next. In addition to that, you don't know what's in there. And there's always a possibility that there's something that can hurt you. And children, for example, if this happens in a neighborhood where there are children, children might be playing around the pile of illegally dumped waste and, you know, nails, things like that. They can get hurt. Don't you have bulk pickup that people can things out? We do have bulk pickup for our customers, for those people who receive service from us. They're allowed two pickups per year. Each pickup would be 25 cubic yards, and a cubic yard is about the size of a washing machine. And if you have to combine the two pickups because you have a lot of stuff, that comes at no extra charge. We also have our trash and recycling centers, which we call TRCs. We have 13 of them across the county. And people can bring materials that some people would illegally dump or consider for illegal dumping. They can bring them if they're a resident, if they're our customer, if they receive services from us. They can go to these centers, no extra charges. It's free of charge for them, and they can drop off these items. So really, there's no need for a lot of people. We found some people who illegally dump. We found that they had the right to use our facilities. So it's you know leaves us perplexed. Yeah, I'm sure. What are some of the worst areas in the county where people are dumping illegally? Well, the short answer to that is yes. Unfortunately, <laughs> there are a lot of, it's all over the county, unfortunately. We've seen it in, in many different places. So there's no one bad area. Uh, down south tends to be, if, if there's an area that's this bad, the, the red land, just because the properties there are so isolated, you know, the land is so large. And so you don't have homes as close together. The, the homes are set back so far from the property line that it's hard for somebody to see or catch somebody in the act that way. So we do find quite a bit down south. We find it all over the county, unfortunately. The worst thing, I think, is just when people see somebody dump something and then other people see it and then they think they can dump something there as well. And next thing you know, the pile becomes just huge and unmanageable. Is there a case you can give us an example of? There's, there's quite a few. There's some interesting cases. One in particular was a case where in the pile somewhere they found a receipt to a fast food restaurant. And our enforcement officers visited the restaurant, spoke to the manager, were able to get surveillance tape from the restaurant, match it to the time and date and match it to the person. And they went and they found the person. The person admitted that, yes, that they illegally dumped it uh, to show you what we'll do to try to catch these folks. So we've seen lots of cases that, that are bad. So you're taking a serious stance. You've got a task force put together. What are they going to do? Well, the task force, they made recommendations to the Board of County Commissioners to help reduce illegal dumping. One of the recommendations they made was to increase the fines. And so last year, the uh, Board of County Commissioners did indeed do that. And so the lowest fine you can get now, based on whether you are considered non-commercial or if you have a very small amount, the fine can start at about $260. 
If you're considered commercial or if you dump a larger amount and you're not considered commercial, the fine starts at about $1,000. Wow. And it goes up. And so are the police actively involved in this enforcement that you're working on? Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, That's another thing. Miami-Dade Police Department has an illegal dumping unit. So think about that a little bit. That means they have police officers dedicated just to this. Our enforcement officers work with them on investigations. And typically what happens is they'll provide the evidence. And if it's believed that it warrants an arrest, they will go and they have arrested people for this. This is a crime in the state of Florida. It violates what is called the Florida litter law. And I found that the maximum penalty you could potentially receive for this is up to five years. So this is like a real police investigation. They have to do detective work. To find out who, oh my goodness. And I guess people leave evidence all over the place when they're dumping. So tell me about, you've got hidden cameras that are helping you to enforce this. Yes, we do. And police do, by the way, the police unit on illegal dumping. We've caught quite a few people. Some of them have been arrested. Some of them quite egregiously dumping. I can tell you some of these cases are pretty interesting. We caught somebody once, considered commercial because they rented a moving truck. And they were dumping out of that. And you could tell the material was residential, but they were considered a commercial dumper. So the fine starts at $1,000 and they could be jailed and the vehicle could be confiscated. The only thing that saved the guy was somehow the tag was obscured, unfortunately, for his girlfriend who went along with him in her own car. Her tag wasn't obscured. Uh. We went up to her and tried to get uh, contact information from her boyfriend, but all she would give us was his phone number. So she ended up getting fined $2,500. Oh, my. I wonder if they stayed together. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. What can the average resident do to try and stop illegal dumping if they see it? How do they report it? Well, there's two different things they can do depending on the situation. If they see it in the act, we strongly encourage them not to confront the person because you don't know how that person's going to react. But you can call 911 because it is a crime and it is a crime in progress. So you can report it as a crime in progress. And obviously, you want to get as much information as you can, uh, a tag number if you can, the vehicle, make, model, year, if possible, if you can identify that, the color, how the person or persons are dressed, what they look like, that sort of thing. As much descriptive information as you can get, you want to call into 911. If you catch them in the act, you see them doing it while they're doing it. If it's past, uh, you drive by and you see the pile that you don't see, you don't have any idea who dumped it. You can call 311. We also have where you can uh, report it online on our website, miamiday.gov slash solid waste or through our app. MDC Solid Waste, which is on iPhone and Android. But yeah, those are different ways that you can report it if you see it after the fact. But if you see it taking place live, call 911. Okay. Um, So if someone is listening to this and they have maybe actually dumped illegally or are thinking of, oh, I need to get rid of that crappy couch, and they're not a paying customer, how can they become legally able to bring their whatever needs to be dumped to your official sites? If they're not our customer, then they don't receive service from us. They would have to pay for dumping it. They'd have to take it to our the South Dade Landfill. They could go there or the North Dade Landfill and pay. Mind you, the, what they charge for it is based on the weight. It's prorated. We usually quote the rates by ton. And I want to say that a ton of waste dropped 
brought in is about $70, $80. Again, I'm telling you this off of my memory, but they'll prorate it. So if the couch is $100, you're going to only have to pay whatever that fraction is of 2,000 pounds, which is a ton. And that's a um, whole lot less than paying the fee for being found yes, for illegal dumping. Okay. Yes, yes. There's always the option of hiring out a private company that picks up uh, waste, that cleans up houses uh, after like people move out, that sort of thing. Those companies will do it. They'll charge a little bit more because they're doing the full service. But if you're willing to drive it yourself, you could take it to one of our landfills and dispose of it there and just pay. It's not going to be ridiculously expensive if you do it that way. Yeah, it sounds much more worth it than going through all this effort and risk of being caught with the police watching and hidden cameras watching for you. Where can someone find the list of locations where they can bring items to have them legally turned over to you? If they are our customer, they can look for the TRCs or the trash recycling centers on our website, miamiday.gov slash solid waste. They can also, if they're not a paying customer, but they want to take it to one of our landfills, you can also go to miamiday.gov slash solid waste and just look for uh, facilities, disposal facilities or landfills, and you'll be able to see what the landfill that's closest to you that you can take it to. It's a little bit of effort. It's going to cost you something, but it's not going to be terribly expensive. It's going to be a lot less expensive than a fine or getting arrested. Yeah. And if you are one of your regular customers, again, there's no fee. So it seems so much easier. If you're going to put things in a truck and take them out to a place miles away, why not just take it to where you can legally drop it off? It seems much easier and much more financially worthwhile. And it's also about the pride in your city, the pride in your community, and wanting to keep things looking good and not endangering other people. Exactly. That's the right thing to do. That's it. That's the main message there. So it's as simple as calling 311 if you need information. Go to miamidade.gov slash solid waste to find the locations where you can legally bring your items to get rid of. And even if you're not a regular customer, you can find directions to the South Dade Landfill. And that's it. And if you happen to see someone again, as you said, call 911, but don't confront the person. Just take whatever details you can find to report to the police. Exactly. All right. Well, I hope that we can encourage our listeners to take steps proactively to help end illegal dumping and keep Miami beautiful. It's the right thing to do. Amen. Thank you so much, Frank Calderon, Communications Manager at the Solid Waste Management Department in Miami-Dade County. Thank you for your time, Frank. I appreciate it, and you have a great day. Thanks, you too. For our final segment of EZ's Community Focus, I'm so happy to welcome the Vice President of Media and Public Relations for PDQ, Jeffrey Camus. Jeffrey, thank you for being here. You've got something very special going on, and I'm excited to talk about it, a partnership that you have with Best Buddies International. Can you tell us about the partnership and why Best Buddies? Absolutely. Well, and thank you so much for having me. It's great to be on with you. Um, So Best Buddies International is just an incredible organization. And, you know, they do so much to help individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. So we started work with them about six or eight months ago, where we worked with them on a jobs program, where we started placing these individuals to work in our restaurants throughout the state of Florida. And at this point, we're up to now six different individuals have been placed in six restaurants, and that's been an amazing program. What we decided to do this month is take it a step further and allow us to really bring more awareness to this and also help them raise funds. So for the month of August, anyone that visits any of our 45 PDQ locations in the state of Florida 
can either round up their check or make a donation. And 100% of the dollars that we raise in the month of August goes back to Best Buddies to support their programs here in Florida. That is one of the most successful campaigns that I've heard used before by other companies. And it's so easy for people to say, okay, yeah, add an extra 30 cents. And next thing you know, you've got hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. And the work that Best Buddies does, it's all about helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities learn how to work and be able to care for themselves. How much of that is what factored into your choosing Best Buddies as the partner? Well, you're exactly right. I mean, it's really giving these individuals an opportunity that they've never probably had in their life. And we actually have a team member at PDQ. His name is Sam Piazza. Sam has actually worked at one of our stores in the Tampa area for the last eight years and has been a credible brand ambassador and role model, not only for our team members, but also for the guests that come and visit him every day in the restaurant. And so Sam has been part of PDQ for so long. And now to be able to see other individuals also be in stores in Orlando, and actually we have four different individuals working in stores in South Florida. So to see them have that opportunity, like you said, to be able to learn not only from job skills perspective, to be able to support themselves in terms of making money, and just that experience and the confidence they gain by being around other team members at PDQ, but also the interaction with our guests that come into the restaurant as well. I think there's so much learning and such great opportunity for them and also for us to learn from them. And we love having them as part of our team. Tell me, what have you learned from some of the Best Buddies graduates? Well, I think um, a big thing is, you know, inclusion is one of the core values for PDQ as a brand. And so that's always been something we're about to celebrate our 10-year anniversary. And it's been something that our two owners, Bob Basham and Nick Reeder, have really talked about it. It really is in our DNA as a brand. And I think going through that, when you're around uh, Sam and Armand, who works in our Miami Coral Reef store, you just see that these are um, individuals just like everyone else. There's really nothing different about them. They're wonderful people. They have great work ethic. They're very personable. And it's just amazing to see the, the joy they have. And they want to work hard. They want to learn. And I think you just see them feel so excited to be part of a team. And that's been really neat to see them just jump right in. And they're part of those teams. They're people dedicated to quality. And really, we love having them on our team. And it's so nice that you're doing this as a way to change people's perceptions of others where they think, oh, well, you know, what can they do? And then you find out, like you said, that they are just like every other human being and that they tend to be some of the nicest, sweetest people that you could meet. I understand Best Buddies does their part in helping them learn to train for jobs. Do they work with you, PDQ, in helping them to get settled into a job? They do. So each of these individuals through the jobs program has a coach that works with them. And that coach not only works with the individual who's part of the jobs program, but they also work with our team. So we have our management team and also the other team members. So that relationship has been great to see as they come in and work with them to get them acclimated also from a job function, right? They're learning different job functions and that coach is part of that to help them just like our team to learn about the different things they're doing and make them feel very comfortable in that job function and, and what they're doing in our restaurants. Okay. So now you've got all the Florida restaurants. This is 45 locations, right? Correct. Every location in the state of Florida, including our 11 locations there in South Florida as well. And this runs through August 31st. Doesn't matter when you go, anything you purchase, you have the opportunity to round up and all of that rounded up money will go to Best Buddies. 
Correct. Yeah, you can round up your check. You can also make a donation of your choice as well. And absolutely 100% of all those funds raised will go back to Best Buddies to support the programs. And our restaurants are very easy. You can come inside our restaurants, of course, and choose to dine in. You could take your food to go. And we also have our drive through So it's very easy for those folks listening that would like to support Best Buddies. And again, they are changing lives. It really is impactful. And it is really an, a phenomenal program and what they're doing to impact people's lives. And we're so proud and so honored to be part of it with them. Well, it's very much appreciated. If anyone wants to know more about Best Buddies and the work that they do with individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities, their website is bestbuddies.org. Now, where can someone get the information about your Roundup campaign and where your locations are so they know where to find the closest location to be able to contribute? Absolutely. So like you said, um, bestbuddies.org is great for folks to be able to go and, and learn more about Best Buddies and the jobs program. And then for this partnership, they can go to our website at eatpdq.com. Again, that's eatpdq.com. Find any of those 45 Florida locations. You can see our menu. You can also learn more about this campaign, this, this partnership. And we'd love for people to come out, like you said, any day, evening, lunch or dinner, seven days a week from now until August 31st. Anyone in the audience, you have an extra few cents to spare and you're ready for a great meal. Roundup during August all the proceeds going to Best Buddies in Florida. Jeffrey Camus, Vice President of Media and Public Relations for PDQ, I thank you so much for your time and for what you're doing to help our community. Great. Thank you, Alan, and thanks for all that you do as well. I know you are just such an advocate for everything that's happening there in South Florida for the community, and we appreciate all that you're doing as well to tell these great stories. Well, thank you. That was much more than I expected. And thank you for listening to Easy's Community Focus this morning. If you have questions about today's program or would like to suggest a topic, you can email me at ellen at easy93.com and join me again next Sunday at 6.50 for an all-new edition of Easy's Community Focus. Meantime, have a great day. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.